Om Sam Sarasvati Namaha. Namaste. Namaste, everybody. This evening on page 136 uh, of the book called Srima, the Guru and the Goddess, we're going to begin the discussion of verse 91. And uh, I'd like to remind you what we were talking about in verse 90, just to refresh your memories, that we bow down to the divine as manifested in the Guru. If you think she's the guru, then you know she's divine. And if you know she's divine, we bow down to that bhavana, that feeling, that example, that manifestation of divinity in the form of the guru because I love her, I respect her, I worship her, I, I follow her example, I follow her instruction, I follow her teaching. So she is eternal, pure, unexplainable, beyond form, without imperfection, who is eternal knowledge and the bliss of infinite consciousness, nityam, eternal, shuddham, pure, near abhasha, she has no basha, no words to explain what she's do, what she is, she is niti, niti. Uh, she is beyond form, nirakar. She has uh, nirakar, she is beyond all form. Do uh, you know I, I, if you had a nir with a long e, it would be nirakar. She is the form of water. So uh, that, uh, the form of water, water always takes the shape of its container, has no shape of its own. Water always seeks to be in balance, in perfect equilibrium. She's the form of water who is always flowing in the river to the ocean and will not rest till she gets to the destination. The form of all, the form of the container. She's totally pliable, no opinion of her own, only focused on getting to the ocean where she can merge into oneness in the ocean. And in the ocean, that water cannot... She, it, 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 you can't distinguish which water came from which river. It's all one. It's a body of water. You can't say, well, this is the water from the Ganga, and this is the water from Jamuna, and this is the water from Godabari, and this is the water from Narmada or Sindhu Kaveri. The, these waters are all mingled together. Uh, so when she gets to the ocean, she is beyond form. She's without imperfection niranjanam nitya bodham she is eternal knowledge and chit amandam the bliss of consciousness chit and chitta are a little bit different because chit is the consciousness and chitta is the objects of consciousness all the stuff in your mind Remember, there's mon, buddhi, chitta. And this is chid, or chit. Chit is consciousness, the perceiver, and chitta is prakriti, the object of awareness. So, mon is all the things I think about. Buddhi is all the stuff of the world, the nouns and verbs, what is. And mon is what I think it, about it. And chitta is 
all of it. Everything that I can think, whether it be an objective reality or a subjective opinion, is all chitta. And she is chit ananda. She is the bliss of consciousness without any imposition upon it. There are no reflections. There, you're just looking at the plain, pure mirror. And the bliss of infinite conscious Guru Brahman Namamam Yaham, the supreme divinity manifested as the Guru or the Guru as manifestation of supreme divinity, Namam Yaham, we bow down to you. And now in verse 91, in the lotus of the heart, situated at its very center upon a throne, the divine murti or image is established. Meditate upon the guru who illuminates the rays of the moon, the cooling rays of pure devotion, who grants the bulk of consciousness which blesses with the fulfillment of all desires. Ah. Chitpushtaka bishtabarandaram. Uh, she gives the book of consciousness, Chit Pushtak. She is the author of the book of life. She is. The, she gives to you the, the the chapters pertaining to you. She 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 is. We Dayed Guru. We meditate Dayed. We meditate upon the Guru, Chandra Kala, who is the ray of the moon, Prabha Pakasham. She illuminates, she illuminates the rays of the moon, the moon of devotion, and she's situated in the heart. Remember, she was situated in the top of the head. She's situated in the Agnya Chakra. Now she's situated in the Anahata Chakra. She, oh, she gets around this lady. She's a very handy lady to have around. She look at all her hands. She, she moves throughout the chakras, throughout the centers of energy, throughout the body. She is pure love. She is pure intellect. She is pure bliss of Sat Chit Ananda. So hey, this is the meditation. We're still in the meditation of the guru. These are all ways to meditate upon the guru in the Sahasrara, in the Agnya Chakra, in the Anahatta Chakra. We'll get to other places too. She grants the book of consciousness which blesses with the fulfillment of all desires. Once you know that your book is filled with consciousness, what need do you have for attachment to other desires? All those other desires become superfluous in the context of the book of my life. Where am I going? I got it written down. <laughs> you guys just started. We just gave you a format. How do you make your book? How do you start outlining your book? How do you get an idea for the thesis of your book? The book of consciousness. The book of life, what do you need to achieve in this manifestation, in this incarnation, so that you can arrive at the Sat Chit Ananda? Oh, here she is in the lotus of the heart, sitting on a throne in the very center. She is wearing a white cloth or a yellow cloth, 
She is covered with white sandal paste and worshipped with white flowers, adorned by pearls with delight in her two eyes. On her left side is the place of her divine Shiva, and she bestows abundant grace with her smiling countenance. So she got Shiva and Shakti are sitting there together in, and they are, they are dressed in the cloth of purity and covered by white sandal paste and worshipped with white flowers. Shweta Padmasanam Devi, Shweta Pushpap Shobitam, Shweta Mradharadityam, Shweta Gandhanulepanda, Shweta Kshatsuta Hastacha, Shweta Chandana Chachita, Shweta Binadara Shubra, Shweta Alankarabushita. She's, it's like Saraswati. She's all white and pure in the absence of all color. She has no other opinion. She is pure objective knowledge. She is not, has no prejudice. She is the screen of white, of purity, of clarity. Go to the movies and what do you see before the movie starts? It's pure white. The screen of consciousness, the stage upon which all the images are reflected. And there she is with her Shakti and Shiva and Shakti and the Guru and Mrs. Guru are together just contented in the knowledge that they are empowering the next generation. They're worshipped with white, they're adorned with white, their delight is white, it's pure, it's clear, there's no prejudice, there's no opinion, there's no imposition of any other upon the ideal of perfection. She is the cause of the bliss of all bliss. <laughs> Great one. Anandam. Anandakaram. The Karan of all Ananda, the Ananda of the Anandakaram. She is the cause of the bliss of all bliss. Hey, that's pretty good. I meditate upon that. She is the cause of the bliss of all bliss. Completely pleased as the intrinsic nature of wisdom. She is Prasanna Gyan Swarup. She is the intrinsic nature of, of, the, of all wisdom, completely delighted in that intrinsic nature. Nijaboda Yuktam, completely united completely with knowledge. She is you need Nijapod with, with her own knowledge. Yuktam. Yukt. She is united completely with all knowledge, with all her knowledge. Sri Mad Gurum Nityamaham Namami. Hey, do you respected Guru Nityam eternally, consistently, continually? Nityamaham Namami, I bow down. We bow to she by whom the five functions are performed Srishti, Stiti, Dwangsani, Nigrahatna. The circumstances, the transformation, the determination, and the compassion. All five functions she performs. She also performs Kritiyam Panchabidam. Shashwad. Actually, she is the performer of the five functions. The Bastate, which are spoken of. 
come to you, Namam Yaham, we bow down with devotion. And also there are five steps in the evolution from the fish which dwells in the water and the tortoise which climbs on the land and then you have um, a boar, the varaha root, which is half uh, animal and half human and then you have the narsing which is half human and then half uh, 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 animal, and then you have uh, uh, the Bauman, who is a very short, little ape-like kind of guy, <laughs> goes ape for her, and then you have a real human being. So you have these five steps to climb out of the water, out of the uh, the uh, first uh, steps of evolution into to evolve into a perfect human being. So these are also the five functions she's, she performs. But Yasmin Srishti Stiti Dwangsa, here you've got uh, uh, creation, Srishti Stiti, the circumstance, Vidwangsa, transformation, uh, and then Nigrahan Anugraha. Uh, the Anugraha is the compassion, and Nigraha is the determination of the function of Sankalp. So these are the five functions that she is reported to have, but she also has the five steps of evolution, and that encompasses all the fives. So she manifests in all the fives, the five organs of action, the five organs of knowledge, the five Mahabhutas, the constituent elements of existence, the five Tanmatras, the objects of perception, the five Kanchukas, Kalniati, Raga, Vidya, and Kala, uh, the uh, time, space, uh, becoming something different. The evolution, action, activity, knowledge, and attribute. She has all the fives and she encompasses all these five functions, but specifically, Srishti Stiti Dwangsan. Srishti Stiti Loi, Sankalp, and Korunabhav. In the morning, Pratasirasi. <clears throat> in the morning, remember the divine name in the brilliant lotus in the head. In the morning, when you get up, remember the divine name in the brilliant lotus in the head, along with the guru with two eyes and two arms who grants the boons of freedom from fear and peace. She gives you freedom from fear and peace. There is nothing more than the Guru. 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 Naguru Adikam, Naguru Adikam, Naguru Adikam, Naguru Adikam. Please remember there is nothing more to, than the Guru Tasmi Sri Gurubay Namaha. Therefore, we bow down to the respected Guru. There is nothing more. She is the supreme divinity. She came through Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva, Ramakrishna, to Srimad so that she could wake us up from our slumber and sloth and say, hey guys, here's an inspiration. You can do it a better job. You can be better than you are. Please strive for perfection. Get up. Wake up. 
This is the instruction of Shiva. 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 Did you get it? Shiva says, there is nothing more than the Guru. 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 Wherever you look, you see the object of perfection illuminated because of your love for the Guru. This is the instruction of Shiva. 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 You want to make it complicated? Go ahead. Make it as complex as you want. Or kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Just kiss. All you need is the guru. You need to love her and worship her and watch her and, and, and imitate her. And take her example into your life and do your tasks in life with the grace with which she performs hers. This is the instruction of Shiva. 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 Now, you, you want to make it more complicated? Go ahead. But, ultimately, there is nothing more than the Guru. This alone is Shiva. This alone is Shiva. This alone is Shiva. This alone is Shiva. This is my instruction. This is my instruction. This is my instruction. This is my instruction. I rest my case. Do you think he enunciated that principle with sufficient conviction? He was really trying to impress upon us the necessity to, to understand that this is the highest principle, this is the highest instruction, this is the highest teaching, this is Shiva. Love your guru. Love your guru, she will become the guru. Even if she's not the guru, you will make her the guru. Your devotion will make her the guru, your devotion will make her the supreme divinity. This is my instruction. This alone is Shiva. This, there is nothing more than the Guru. And you see your Guru in every form of divinity which exists. She is Brahma. She is Vishnu. She is the Lord Maheshwara. She is Saksha, actually. Parabrahma. The supreme divinity. Nirakar. The form of the formless. Beyond all form. Tasme. Therefore, Sri Gurve Namaha. We bow down to the respected girl. And for whoever will meditate upon the Guru in this manner, wisdom will rise from its own accord. Thus, one should maintain the attitude that I am liberated because of the true Guru. I live with the Satguru. I follow the Satguru. I watch the Satguru. I am liberated because of my knowledge, my understanding, my inspiration. By means of the path of the intuitive vision of the Guru, 
the mind should be made pure. Meditate upon the Guru. Deeply intuit the Guru. Look deeply inside and commune with the Guru and your mind will be made pure. The impermanent and other divisions, the transient, should not be a bondage to the soul. Don't allow the transient to bind the eternal. Your soul is eternal. All oh, this world is transient. Do not allow the transient to bind the eternal. Why are you focusing so much on the transient? Spend time focusing on the eternal guru who is in your heart, who is in your Agnya Chakra, who is in your Sahasrara, who is in every object of creation, Guru Sakshat Parabrahma. She is actually the supreme divinity. Therefore, we bow down to the respected Guru. Let the mind be filled with the wisdom of the intrinsic nature of all that is knowable. What is the intrinsic nature of all that is knowable? Guru. The supreme divinity is the intrinsic nature of all that is knowable. Let your mind be filled with the wisdom of the intrinsic nature of all that is knowable. Realize wisdom is one with that which is knowable. Wisdom comes through the perceivable that is knowable. Wisdom is manifest through the perceivable. That's the form of the Guru. Other than this, there is not a second path. <laughs> Sorry guys, if you want to make it more complicated, you can. But other than this, there is not a second path. All you, the only way to realize is to realize the Guru is in everything. She's everywhere. She is the manifestation of the wisdom of all that is knowable. Other than this, there is not a second path. So, it's our choice. Either we get to work right now, or we'll do it next life, or the life after. Get to work and perceive the guru as the intrinsic nature, as the soul of all that is knowable. She's reflected in every being, in every object, in all the creation. That's my guru. I see her there. I worship her there. I love her there. I respect her there. Now, can I treat every atom of creation with the same bhavana, the same love, the same respect as I want to treat my guru? Can I perform every action in this creation with the same bhavana, with the same respect, with the same attitude, with the same intensity as I want to respect my guru? Can I see every object as a reflection of the purity and clarity that the guru manifests when she shines through that object to me? Hi, Islam. <laughs> I'm hidden here. If you want to love me, you got to love me here and there and everywhere. You can't just love me in this form. That's not love. 
That's selfish attachment. So get rid of your selfish attachment and love me everywhere, in everybody. In everything you do, do for me with the same respect as you would do for me. Realize wisdom is one with that which is knowable other than this. There is not a second path. This is the only way. Ultimately, it's the only way. We're going to see the guru is one and that's the path and that's the destination and that's the goal. Whether you do it as a Hare Krishna or you do it as a Vedantan or you do it as a lover of God or the lover of the mother or a, a lover of the brother or, a, or a Sri Ram or Hare Krishna or whatever you call it, whatever way you're going to do, you're going to see God in everybody and everything. And other than this, there is not a second path. Doesn't matter what path you choose, what religion you choose, what language you choose, what customs you choose. Th this is what you're going to find when you find what you want to find. Otherwise, you haven't found it. You're going to find the guru is everywhere. Sri Ram Prasad is calling. The mother is everywhere. But my eyes are blind to see her. Please chase this darkness away. Amundin Kihabe Matayan. Oh, great goddess, whoever spreads or listens to gossip about the Guru, <coughs> whoever spreads or listens to gossip about the Guru, will remain in the deepest conflict so long as the moon and sun shine. If you doubt your guru, well, who's going to take you out of confusion? You get to stay there. If you're disparaging your guru, then you're disparaging your ideal of perfection. And if you don't like your ideal of perfection, well, how are you going to get a new ideal? If you're criticizing the guru, if you're disparaging the guru, if you're spreading gossip or listening to gossip about the guru, you are going to remain in conflict until somebody comes and busts you over the head and says, all right, wake up, dummy. You can't stay there. There's no one to take you out of that confusion. If Shiva's angry, the guru can save you, but if the guru's angry, Shiva cannot. So if you spread gossip about the guru or criticize the guru or, or make disparaging remarks about the guru, uh, you will spread it or listen to it, then you remain in conflict. And there is no way with which to extricate yourself just when the time of your conflict expires, then maybe some grace will fall upon you and you get to come out of that conflict and recommit to your guru. So long as the body may remain, remember your guru as a worshipful God. Do not give up the guru. 
Even if she moves according to her own rhythm, she's Swachand. I don't understand her Chand. She's Swachand. She moves according to her own rhythm. I don't have the wisdom, I don't have the insight to interpret what does that mean that she moves according to her own rhythm. She does it her way. When I get to that state of consciousness, that state of awareness where I can understand, then I'll be able to make a determination for myself. Should I move in that way or not? I mean, she wears... 12 to 15 yards of cloth every day. I mean, she just wraps herself and wraps herself, whether it's sunny or rainy or, or snowing outside or hotter than blazes. She wraps herself and wraps herself and she ties it this way and ties it that way and she puts it up over her shoulder and over her head and around and over through. Do I want to do that? <laughs> I want to wear shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> Sorry. So how much can I take from her into my own being? Even if she moves according to her own rhythm, I don't understand why anybody in America, even if you came from India, would wrap themselves in 12 meters of cloth. All the, I mean, she's got nine meters as a sari, she's got three meters as a chadar, she's got a blouse of two and a half meters, and then she's got a jacket, and then she's got a, and socks, and shoes. I mean, it's 100 degrees outside. But she does it. I, I once went into the desert on a camel, and these guys were dressed to kill. It was it was hotter and blazes out there, and I saw they were wearing these old uh, suit coats and sweaters and turbans, and they were wrapped up and wrapped up and wrapped up. I couldn't understand. What are you thinking? Why wouldn't you wear a t-shirt and a shorts? And they said because all the sweat and perspiration is going to evaporate immediately. And if we're all filled with cloth, then the, all, our body stays cool the whole day. It doesn't evaporate through the layers. That's true. Duh. <laughs> Interesting lesson. Some of us call them towel heads, but you know, there's a reason to what's, what's going on. There's a, there's a logic to what they're doing. It's come from generation to generation as this is the most conducive manner in which you could live in this kind of environment. Open our eyes of discrimination and we'll have an understanding of what that culture is promoting. It, it, it's a portable air conditioning system. <laughs> So long as the body may remain, remember your guru as a worshipful God. Do not give up the guru even if she moves according to her own rhythm. Do not give up the guru. You may graduate. You may take another class. But could I take calculus if I didn't pass trigonometry? Could I take, could I take geometry if I didn't have algebra? How could I give up my guru 
Even when I'm moving on to new teachings with new teachers, I must turn around to all the lineage of teachers and say, thank you for giving me this understanding so I can take this new class. I can take this new, uh, I have a foundation upon which to build the knowledge, the edifice of knowledge. No one teacher has all the answers. I'm going to have to move on. Dasarath was getting to be an old man, past middle age anyway. And he said to the guru, he said to Boshishta, Boshishta, I don't have any sons and I need to think about succession and about who's going to become the heir to my kingdom. What should we do? And Boshishta said, there's a yagya to have, have children. Putreshti. It will perform the Putrashtri Yagya. And all the queens said, oh, Guru Dave, please hurry up, perform it as soon as you possibly can. He said, wait, wait no. Well, she just said, I don't perform that Yagya. I, I, that's not my Yagya. I perform a different Yagya. You have to go to Rishi Shring. Rishi Shring is like the ultimate authority on Putrashtri Yagya. Koite said immediately, Prime Minister, get the army and the retinue and the elephants and, the, and uh, uh, get all the gold and silver of the treasury and get, make the retinue ready and we'll all go to Rishi Shing. And Washish just said, no, 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 no. <laughs> this isn't a, a wedding. Uh, you're not going to show your, your wealth and your riches and your pomp and your ceremony. You're going as a beggar to get the blessing from Rishi that he will do the yagya. Take off your crown, take off your shoes, go barefoot through the forest and go as a yachuk, as a petitioner, as a, as a beggar requesting a blessing from a great being. And so Dashrat went by himself with bare feet, and no crown, and no jewels, and no ornaments, and no retinue, and no army, and no queens, and no... He went by himself, and he bowed down to the guru. And Rishi Shreem blessed him and said he would perform the yagya. And that's how Ram and Bharat and Lakshman and Shatruk were born. So, do not give up the guru. He didn't give up Boshishta just because he went to Rishi Shring. He got the, he went to Rishi Shring to get a specialized branch of knowledge. Not one of us is an expert in every field. It's impossible. There's just too much. There's <laughs> too much. I have no hesitation to tell you I can't make uh, 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 aloo broccoli pakoras. <laughs> I would immediately, immediately admit I am incapable to teach you this process. Go, Sri, go see Srima. She is the master of alupa broccoli pakora. They're tasty. Do not give up the guru. Intelligent disciples should never speak lies or untruth with egotism. <coughs> 
Intelligent disciples should never speak lies or untruth with egotism. Always speak truth before the guru. If you are deceitful with your inner self, or the supreme divinity made manifest, then who are you going to trust? If you can lie to God, if you can lie to the supreme divinity, if you can lie to your guru, you can't trust anybody. Everyone can lie to you. Always speak truth before the guru. One who speaks to the guru with egotism to obtain victory in argument may become a brahmarakshasa, a demon filled with the pride of learning in a forest or a place with no water. A very thirsty demon with pride. And he's a brahmarakshasa, he's, he's got the pride. Look at all the knowledge that I have. I am the authority. I will tell you how to do it. Not the humble servant of the guru, but someone striving to become the guru. Remember in Bengali we say, Guru Hoche Lak Lak Shisha Hoche Ek. You'll find hundreds and thousands of gurus, but to find one disciple is very rare. We are striving to become disciples. Please do not become a guru. I promise you, you will not be satisfied in that position. Uh, it may look glamorous from the outside, but I promise you, you will sit up night after night, day after day, in a place with no water or in a forest with no disciples. Oh, poverty! The guru can protect a disciple even cursed by a muni, a celestial being, or even the gods, and even saves him or her from the fear of time and death. Guru will protect us. The guru is our inner essence. The guru's got the bhav. She's got the ras. She's got the juice. She's got the nectar. She is the example. She can protect us, even if others wish us ill. Surrender to the Guru and she will give us everything. Om Sam Sarasvati Namaha. Namaste. Let's see if there are any questions about the material we covered this evening. Yes, please. Is there anything other than the Guru? There is nothing other than the Guru. There is nothing other than the Guru. There is nothing other than the Guru. Hey! <laughs> there is nothing other than the guru. No. Yes, please. We have a question from Nanda in San Jose. Namaste, Nandama. What are the pitfalls if a student prefers to be led by the guru within, not look for a physical guru? Oh, you could fall in a pit very easily, Nanda. There are many pitfalls. Uh, oftentimes we lack discrimination. Oftentimes we are... Our judgment is clouded by attachment. We are feeling pain because of the loss of our beloved attachment and we make foolish decisions based on uh, uh, elementary criteria. Just what I'm feeling in the moment. And that feeling may change. The guru will give you greater perspective and greater understanding and a greater inspiration to to maintain faith in your long-range goals, not just to do what feels good in the moment. 
It's so easy to confuse my personal predisposition. I'm predisposed towards pleasure, and I am also predisposed to aversion of pain. Now, I want to invite the pleasure. I want to do what's fun. I want to do what's nice. I don't want to do my homework. I don't want to go to my room. I want to sit up and watch TV, Mom. And the guru is going to tell us, Swam, if you do it in the right way, you'll finish your homework and then you'll get your free time. And if you try to get your free time before you finish your homework, you probably won't get to the homework, which means your assignment will be left done, undone. And there are too many pitfalls because as an unruly child, I have a tendency to seek pleasure and to avoid pain. And so I'll say the guru inside has said, well, I can be, seek pleasure. I, don't, I, don't, I can avoid the pain. And actually, we know that that's rajasic, and that's tamasic. And I'm going to get more pain by inviting the rajasic and tamasic into my life than I would if I had the sattva. So that's one of the great pitfalls that we can experience when we say, oh, the guru's inside me, so I don't need to listen to anybody outside. I need, I need an example of purity and clarity and someone who is actually walking the walk and talking the talk. I can't do it by myself, and I doubt highly if any of us can. It says in the scripture, we can't. I'm inclined to believe. We have a question from Elijah. Namaste, Elijah. There is a prominent aversion to surrender in the West. Can you explain the difference between surrender to the guru and surrender in some other situation? Absolutely. E e Elijah, in English, surrender is the last thing you do when you're out of bullets and you can't fight anymore. Your back is against the wall and you're pleading with your enemy for mercy. And in Sanskrit, the term is called samarpan. Samarpan. I offer myself in equilibrium. It's the first and the only objective, the goal of all our sadhana is to offer ourselves in equilibrium. In Sanskrit, we want to surrender first. And in English, it's the last resort when we, can't, when we don't have any options, we surrender. That's the difference. We have a question from Ambika. Namaste, Ambika Ma. Some of us are householders, some of us are sadhus. How does this make a difference in the way we serve the Guru, in the way we reflect the Guru? Thank you. Ambika, all of us are householders. This is a house. My soul lives in this house. Anyone who sits under a roof is a householder, or they sit, they're a house sitter. In any event, we're all householders. We all have certain obligations and responsibilities uh, that are incumbent upon us. And when we perform those obligations, then we, we become sadhus, even though we're householders. When we perform with efficiency, when we perform with a good bhavana, with, with efficiency, paying attention to what we do, we've got love in our heart, we remember the guru, we remember why we're doing this, how we're doing this, we try to do the best we can. We're all sadhus. And we're all householders. I don't think that distinction applies. 
I, I, it doesn't apply in the Kali Yuga. A brahmachari who sits in an ashram is a householder. I mean, he's got a house, he's got a family, he's got a, he's got a budget, he's got an income, he's got expenses, he's got the, the whole nine yards. The only difference between a householder is you've got two or three or four kids to worry about, and Srima's got 35,000 on today's mailing list. <laughs> and it keeps expanding. <laughs> so, Ambika, I don't think that distinction applies quite uh, uh, accurately. I think we better look for a, 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 more, Central. Central. a more subtle feeling. Uh, it's, a, it's a different bhavana. It's a different attitude. We better be, become very clear about the distinction. When I act with efficiency, I am a sadhu. Regardless if I sit under a roof, griha, avasta, itigrahasta, whoever sits under a roof, whoever sits in a house is a house Sitter. Actually, it's a griha avasta. It's situated in a house. It's not a householder. I don't know where they got that translation. <laughs> he's not holding the house. <laughs> oh, like Hanuman holding the mountain. He's sitting, he's situated in the house. Maintaining. <laughs> well, he's not even. It's a griha avasta. Itigrahasta. Now, he's avasta. He's in the situation of the house. Now, it, it, it could be even locative tense. This is really a fun thing. It could be locative tense. He's, he's on the house or near the house or at the house, before the house. He's uh, under the house. He's in the house. Griha <laughs> avasta. If it's locative case, he could be anywhere in locality of the, of the house. Or he's situated. By the house, near the house, in front of the house, behind the house, on top of the house, below the house, in the house. He's not a householder. <laughs> and not necessarily the owner of the house. He could be a renter. He could be a guest. He could be a pest. He could be a... a, a and there are all kinds of relationships he could have with that house. We have a question from Ramya. Namaste, Rami, Mommy. Normally we understand the heart to be the seat of love and the intellect as a place of logic and rationality. How do we understand Medas? Oh, Rami, Mommy, when your heart and your mind are in the same place, when you love what you're thinking about, when you're really having a love affair and it's kind of juicy and it's really romantic and you don't want to squeeze the Ross out of the love affair, then you're metas in, as compared with buddhi, where you're absorbed in the intellectual fact. So if you want to go on a fact-finding mission, use your buddhi. But if you want to have a love affair with the facts that you find, that's the facts of life. Then you become engaged in medas. If you could love your guru with all the medas, with all the love in your brain, with all the love in your, not just your heart, but your heart and your mind are doing the same thing at the same time. And she do. And she does. <laughs> That's why she could ask the question, just like Parvati asked Shiva, who is the guru? <laughs> Shiva said, you know who the guru is. And still you're asking the question only for the benefit of all the world to hear. 
Rami is asking the question, what is the difference between Buddhi and Medas? Just for the world to hear. She is the example of Buddhi and Medas. Namaste, Rami, Mommy. Welcome home. We have a question from Usha. Namaste, Usha. Before fully surrendering, surrendering to an embodied guru, what is the correct way to discriminate without the understanding of what the guru's own rhythms truly are? Well, find out. <laughs> find out before you surrender. It behooves us to do a little research. What is that guru teaching? How is she teaching it? What is she exemplifying? How is she doing it? Is she sitting on a throne with thousands of people out there sitting on the floor? Or is she sitting on the floor with the thousands of people? Is she saying, I'm like you and you're like me? Or is she saying, I'm the Lord and I'm giving blessings and you are the proletariat? and you should give donations. Uh, this will be the criteria that you use. Is she showing you how to worship? Is she showing you how to chant? Is she teaching you how to sing? Is she teaching you how to play the music? Does she teach you how to make alu broccoli pakoras? <laughs> if she gives her knowledge freely, then she's an example you want to follow. And if she says, sign up for my course, it's only, uh, uh, what, it's $500 for the weekend? <laughs> Including, including an alupacori before you leave. <laughs> then you can say, wait, wait a minute. This doesn't sound like a non-profit organization. This sounds like, does she invite you to her house and say, give me $100 to come? Does she invite you to your house and say, hey, you, there's a bed for you. I make dinner for you. There's a blanket for you. There's a towel for you. I put some soap and a piece of chocolate on your pillow. What does she say to you? What does she do for you? What is she, how does she treat you? Are you, a, are you a member of the family? Does she hug you when you come in the door? Does she race out to meet you when you come? Or does she sit and wait for you to get in line and come and bow down and get a blessing? I'll hit you with my peacock feather. I'll... Uh, <laughs> And then all of my uh, underlings will come and teach you a class. Just sign up over there and pay your money at the cash register. I'll give you the receipt. Bring me the receipt and I'll give you the blessing. Take a number in the line and I'll give you whatever blessing you need. Did the guru fall into the trap of being in business? Or did the guru maintain the integrity of her example? The pure, true, there is nothing other than the guru. Is she the example of what you want to become? Now, many, many people may be, may be sitting out there in the audience saying, gee, I'd love to be sitting on that throne, hitting everybody over the head with a peacock feather and collecting all those donations. <laughs> but those gurus don't generally give a throne for everybody who comes into the auditorium. They say, okay, well, there's a, there's a place you can sit down over there. <laughs> Go sit over there. I'm on the throne. Does mom sit in the audience with you? Does she take the class with you? Does she learn with you? Does she share with you? Does she charge you? Does she ask from you anything she's not willing to give herself? These are some of the criteria. When she sits, does she chant Chandimaki Jai? 
Or does she just mumble into the book? Or does she have her knees on the floor? Or does she have her backbone straight? Or does she have, is, is she walking the walk and talking the talk? Or is it just all talk? How can you follow an example of someone who is all talk? So I'm afraid you'll have to use your discrimination and look closely at the examples you want to emulate and see, is that an example that's possible for me? Is that something within the realm of my possibilities, in the realm of my probabilities? Is that something I'm empowered to do? Is it something I want to do? And then you'll choose. And then you grow with the guru. You push, she'll pull. You push the guru right through the gate of heaven and she'll pull you right through. You use all the energy at your disposal, everything you are empowered to do, to push that guru to the highest heights of her achievement. Let her attain the highest because I get to be the disciple. I get to reflect that example entirely. I, it's my best interest to make her as realized as I can possibly make her. To make her as successful in her mission, in her goals, as I can possibly contribute to that effort. Because when she reaches the heights of her attainment, that's my starting point. That's where I start from. That's the criteria which we'll want to use when we select the guru in relationship to us. It's not an organization and it's not an institution and it's not about getting a number of initiations. It's about a personal relationship. You got a love affair. You got made us. Midas, you've got the intellect of love. I see her, I know her, I watch her, I observe her, and I'm in love with her, and it makes me watch her more closely, and I pay attention, and through that attentiveness, I come into union, and through that union, I can act like she acts in the circumstances that I face in my life. Pretty clear. There is nothing more than the guru. 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 Yes, please. We have a question from Julia. Namaste, Julia Ma. Again, about verse 102. Do not give up the guru, even if she moves according to her own rhythm. Yes. What's going on with gurus who are seemingly mixed up, using alcohol, sex, money, and have seemingly mixed up people who are following them? How do we apply verse 102 to these situations? Well, don't get involved with them in the first place. <laughs> Use your discrimination. Have the criteria. If I were looking for sex and drugs and rock and roll, I sure wouldn't have to come to temple. I know where to go to find that. I come to my guru because I want a different way of life. What do I have to do to judge them? I don't have any, any relationship with that at all. I don't have any desire, I have no attraction, I have no repulsion. People of the world use worldly tools, that's fine for them. People of our world become in love with knowledge. They become in love with the guru. They try to manifest the example of the guru's purity in every action that they perform. 
So we had no, no, no way to give up a guru that was never my guru. Why would I do that? Why do I have to judge that guru? That guru is not my guru. I don't know anything about it. She was never the example to me. My guru is the image of purity, of clarity, of eternal consciousness. My guru is Sakshat Parabrahma. My guru to me is the supreme lord of all that is. Now what do I have to do with gurus who get messed up or mixed up with sex and drugs and rock and roll? That's not my guru. I can't tell you, Julia. We have a question from Nanda. Namaste, Nandama. It is easy for me to have a certain bhavana, respect, and love when, when I'm with you or Ma. Thank you. But I do not have the same feeling with everyone as they are not you or Ma. How is it even possible to maintain the same bhav with everyone? Turn on your love switch. <laughs> Turn on your love button. Push your button. There, bing, and there you go. I'm in love. Okay, now, how would I treat you if you were my guru? How would I behave if you were the supreme divinity made manifest? Well, she would stand at her cash register and smile at every customer and, and say, how are you today? And greet them so beneficently that they would just be empowered by her smile. It would just be natural to her. She just sees the guru everywhere. Everyone who comes through that line, he just smiles at them and gives them a blessing. They don't have to know what she's doing. <laughs> they don't. But they feel different when they come through her cash register line than they do with anyone else's. That's because she just looks for the guru and everyone that's coming. Guru is giving me darshan, and I get to participate in feeding their family. How privileged am I? How blessed am I to be able to share these blessings with all of those devotees who come through the line and come to my cash register? Have a beautiful day. We have a question from Pushpa. Namaste, Pushpa Ma. Namaste, Srimad Swamiji. What will the next class subject be, and when will it begin? Uh-oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what book will you like to study next, Srimad? Mahar Nirvana. Oh, no, don't you dare. <laughs> don't you dare. Choose one that I've, oh, we've already published. No, I don't know. Would you like to do Kashyap Sutra? Kashyap Sutra is good. I know it's good. I know the guy who wrote it. Yeah. Maharishi Kashyap. But it will not good one week. Yes, it will. It will? Yeah. It'll go more than one week. Kashyap Sutra has some good knowledge. We'll, we'll go for the Kashyap Sutra. Uh, and actually, it's in the same volume as this book. Uh, so uh, that, that's really a nice savings. That's what you had said before was Kashyap Sutra. So uh, we could do that next, the Kashyap Sutra. But someday you'll do Mahani Someday I will. I promise. <laughs> yeah, I'll do, I'll do that. We'll write it down. Okay, good. Uh, we'll, 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 yeah, in, uh, when we were in one temple, I think it was Martina's. Uh, we, we sat down, we started uh, translating the, Kashyapsu, uh, the, the Mahanirvana Tantra. Uh, we had a Sanskrit version of it, and we just sat down and started translating, and 
everybody got so into the translation that nobody wrote it down. <laughs> and we, I mean, we went on for a couple of weeks and it was so exciting and it was so much fun. And we just, just took every word, just like we did in the, in the Guru Gita, and we just uh, uh, translated the Kashyap Sutra and made a whole new book and everyone was listening so intently and nobody wrote anything down. <laughs> And we didn't record it, and we didn't have a camera, and we didn't have a tape recorder. We didn't have anything in those days. So we just had fun and a beautiful experience, which Mother remembers to this day, because that was, it's really Maha Nirvana. It's the synthesis of knowledge which brings you to the realization of the great Nirvana. I mean, it's the, the, the nirvana, which is the neti-neti of sat-chit-ananda. And it had so much juice. A very beautiful scripture. We'll get there one day. Next book, Pushpama, will be the Kashyap Sutras. That's a lot of fun, too. Om Sam Sarasvati Namaha. Namaste.